All right, Jets fans, welcome back to the Game 3 audio recap with myself, AJ, and my good friend, Ryan Faith. Hello, Ryan. Hello, how are you? I'm doing all right. So you were able to catch most of the game today? After the local broadcaster started hitting the right buttons, I got my feed and I did catch a good chunk of the game. Yeah, you had a, your own, your very own personal uh, media blackout for a bit. <laughs> yeah, Brandon got blocked out for the night, but we pulled through. Well, thanks for sticking with us. Um, anyhow, uh, you know, we, we had a little format that we followed last time with some highs and lows, and we'll do, do something similar. But uh, one thing that I think would be kind of interesting to touch on right away is uh, just the Kovalchuk thing. I thought that was an interesting thing. I put out a little poll there on the on the Twitter about how people feel about Kovalchuk. I mean, for some of us, it feels like a, kind of the circle of life and kind of a neat kind of coming back around with uh, his time with the Thrashers to him, you know, coming back and playing in Winnipeg um, uh, again. I, mean, I think he played against Winnipeg uh, when he was playing with New Jersey before he'd gone to the KHL there. But, I mean, this, I don't know, maybe felt a little bit different than he, he scored a goal too. So uh, w- what did you think of the, the Kovalchuk experience? Well, he, you haven't seen much of him recently. You don't hear much about the KHL on this side of the pond, but you know, coming back that he was still going to have a lethal shot. He was going to have that speed and uh, playmaking ability. I got a little bit scared when he did get the puck because he's still a sniper and he, he can still put the puck in the net, which he did once tonight. Yeah. Uh, but I think the Jets did a good job of <clears throat> sorry of shut, shutting him down and uh, limiting his chances. Uh, he played 23 minutes, so uh, he did get a lot of ice time, but Jets handled him very well. Yeah, I think he was, he was pretty much on for most of their power play time, too. I was really impressed with him. I was uh, DMing, actually, with uh, Murat throughout the game a little bit, too, about his his game because I was just kind of sharing oh it's neat to have seen Solani play and Yager play and Datsuk play and Kovalchuk like some of these kind of you know legendary players to some more than others uh actually come through Winnipeg and get them see and see Kovalchuk again I mean a lot of those guys are starting to retire or be gone right from the from the game now so um I thought it was really neat to see him and personally from what I saw from him I mean I didn't look any of the stats or like you just mentioned his time on ice um I thought he was actually one of their best players out there besides uh, Dowdy. I thought he was one of the few forwards that seemed to create stuff. He's like nifty little passes, you know, a little bit of defense <laughs> too, but I mean like uh, just getting into two dangerous areas and uh, yeah, I, I really like his game. He's still showing that he's a very strong player. And uh, <laughs> did you, did you happen to catch that uh, the Los Angeles Kings uh, trolling Jets fans by uh, tweeting out that he's the NHL Oh, or Jets uh, franchise leader. Franchise leader. <laughs> that, well, I was disappointed that we didn't raise his number to the rafters before the game, but uh, I guess they're in town once more this year, I believe. So there's still a chance, right? There's still time. Yeah, retiring number 17, and Lowry will have to change his number. But uh, he, he, he was also left off the team or the, um, the program, too. <laughs> they didn't even put his name in there. That was kind of uh, funny. Okay. Yeah, they just left him. He just didn't exist. It seems like True North did not want to encourage uh, some Atlanta Thrasher comparisons at all, which uh, I don't. I don't know why they'd be so uh, adverse to it. But it's it's kind of funny. He's a good player. Let's, let's talk about it. It's uh, 
interesting history that the Jets 2.0 have. I mean, a lot of people talk about that. We're, we're, we're getting way off track here, but I think it's an interesting story because a lot of people, you know, point to Jets 1.0 in our history going with Phoenix and people connecting with that. And some people kind of embrace the new that, you know, the Jets 1.0 didn't have a great series of success. You know, we had some great stories and some great leaders and players come through. But I mean, there, there was a lot of losing there and, you know, the Atlanta not being around nearly as long and then this franchise coming here and turning it around and having, you know, the best season in Winnipeg history last year. Um, it's kind of cool that, you know, they're, they're able to do that with this, this new team and sort of a new beginning. So uh, for me personally, I embrace all the history, but, uh, but that includes the Atlanta history. Some people really don't like that, but Kovalchuk, you know, being part of our history is, is kind of cool. I think so. Well, I, I think I think even True North has um, tried to strafe away from the Atlanta history. Yeah. And I actually just double-checked here. L.A. is not back in Winnipeg this year. So, Jets fans, you'll have to wait until next season for Ilya Kovalchuk bobblehead night. <laughs> <laughs> yep, we will have to wait for that night. All right, let's get to the game. So we're going to do some highs and lows. So uh, I think you said you caught about two the last two periods of the game. So what were some of the highs highs uh, of the game or a high that you want to maybe focus in on and, and a low? I'll let you you just do your whole thing and maybe something that you would have wished for a little bit more. Um, a high, I guess, would be just as a whole, they bounced back. They were very flat-footed in Dallas. They did not have their feet um, it was just a terrible game all around from start to finish. Tonight, though, right from the start, they uh, they were on LA. They were they were driving the play and they outshot them brutally through the first two periods. I believe it was thirty three to nine yeah. through the first two, and then they kind of sat back after that on a one goal lead. But they they are physical. They were they were moving their feet and they were just all around better, which was which was good. Yeah. And what about lows? What it, what was uh, some of the weaker points of the Jets game to tonight? I actually just want to go back to the highs. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I don't want to be a, a negative Nancy here, but uh, tell me some lows. No, just kidding. Go ahead. No, let's uh, let's let's put our happy faces back on and just look at some of the others. Uh, penalty minutes only took two minors tonight, which was a huge issue uh, last game. Seemed to be always in the penalty box. Of course, Myers took one at the near the end of the third, uh, high sticking with, I think, 302 left in the third. Yeah. Uh, in fact, check me, but I think I'm pretty close yeah, on that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and the face-off percentage, much better. Um, I Again, I'm guessing here, but I think it was around 37% against Dallas. And uh, 64% tonight. Yeah, pretty much just so those numbers. Much, much better there. Much better top to bottom. So now we can focus on the negatives. Okay, well, uh, maybe maybe I'll do my high too. I thought the Jets, uh, they like you said, they, they looked really, really good. I thought uh, the Lowry, Tanev, Kopp, and uh, Shifley, uh, Wheeler, Connor line, they all looked pretty good. I thought we moved the puck pretty well on the power play too because uh, there was, I believe, three. Uh, power plays in the second period, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you can fact check me on that. Um, there was two power plays. There was, yeah, okay. So it seemed like they moved the puck yeah. pretty well. I, I, you know what, though, for the life of me, the, I was at the game tonight and I was asking my buddy that I was there with. I couldn't remember if we had actually scored on a power play, though. But it seemed like, uh, yes. okay, good. Phew. All right. Because I did say that at one point and then I didn't actually 
know if I was right when I said it. So I, I didn't fact check myself, which is why it's important to follow tracked <laughs> numbers and not just your opinion in your eye test because uh, numbers that are tracked are actually facts and your, your, our memories fail us sometimes, especially mine. But uh, yeah, I thought, they, I thought they moved the, the puck pretty well. Um, one thing that I noticed, like I, uh, I'm not necessarily a fan of all the, the lineup and the usage and, and you know, where players are in the lineup, uh, except that if you continue to put players together long enough, they'll develop a chemistry. So I think that's kind of what Maurice is doing here. And so saw a little bit more of that where some of these players, I mean, really just the two lines that I mentioned where they looked kind of cemented, like they were obviously good. I mean, uh, little line at either's line still, you know, problematic. Didn't look great. Uh, a lot of the time they did seem to be in the other team's uh, zone a bit more. I, di I didn't look at their course here or whatnot, but they, Still, it wasn't creating enough uh, dangerous scoring chances. I mean, Liney, his best chances obviously came on the power play when he was separated from those two for the most part. And then, uh, I mean, Pro and uh, uh, Veselin and, and Rosovic, I mean, they, they probably, I can't imagine they had over 10 minutes, any of them. So it was very low time on ice numbers. And I thought they would get a little bit more, especially we had the lead. So I know we we're, you know, you maybe want to put down shutdown guys out there, which Maurice did, but then there, there's also opportunity there to give those guys a break and maybe try and bury the other team. The whole point of putting Perot with those young guys is to give them sort of that veteran leadership bump, you know, um, guy that can go out and, and get the puck for them. But then why not actually play them? You, you, you've adjusted to have them in uh, uh, with, with a, a good player like that, uh, but then to not even do it, you don't ever get to see the benefit. So now I'm, I'm kind of moving up to negative here, but the positive, I thought they moved, those two lines uh, played really well. Possession seemed to be uh, quite good. Moving the puck on the power play uh, was good. And uh, I think that's it for positive. You sound like you want to say something about that, though. I sound like yeah. you could sense it from there, eh? I can tell I want to say something. You know, they, we get told we look the same. I think we might think the same, too. I just felt like Is it, I could hear you. you know, yeah. Kind of just, just you want to say something. So, what, what do you want to say? <laughs> Did you have comments about those things or no? I, I wanted to touch on that fourth line or third line, whatever you call it, the Vesa, um, Perot, and uh, Rosie there. Perot and Rosalovic had seven minutes, just over seven minutes of Pete. Oh. Uh, sorry, Pete. Um, Vesa had under five minutes. He had one shift in the third period. Those are like Hendrix, now, Hendrix numbers for in the playoffs. That's that's that kind of uh, uh, time on ice. That's that's very low. <laughs> yeah, well, Pomo had a good excuse for it though, and I did like his answer when he was asked about that after the game. He said he really liked them and he wants to play them more. But by the time that LA had rolled their four lines, the Jets had only rolled three. And then all of a sudden, Doughty and their top line is back out again. And he had a hard time putting out those guys to defend. Which is all right. That's that's an all right excuse. Uh, because LA was rolling their lines very quickly. They were very short shifts. Yeah. Um, they will get their chance against other teams. They're very talented players. I'd like to see next game that they get played more than 10 minutes. Right. Which is a big jump from the the five to seven that they're playing now, but one shift can't be doing much for Veselin. And 
and I'm not sure if he's going to be with the team much longer. Yeah. With uh, with Tan or uh, sorry, Tanev with Patan Patanev. Yeah, with 19 coming back, I think he'll he might slot in there, and uh, we might see Veseline and uh, go back to the Moose or overseas if he chooses because he does have that in his contract if he wants to. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm seeing. Not not uh, him going overseas, but going back with the Moose. I feel like uh, with Patan coming back. Uh, it's. I think he finally gets his chance. He's in the lineup. I think Dano finally gets his chance, and Veselinen likely gets sent down, and maybe uh, Lemieux too. Maybe Lemieux sits in the press box. But I mean, uh, people always say these young guys got to play, and I don't see him jumping over Dano and Patan, even though a lot of people would like to see that. But I mean, they've probably, in Maurice's eyes, paid their dues a little bit more, and maybe deserve that shot a bit more too, especially when everyone's healthy. So uh, likely we see Patan. I'm guessing slot in uh, in the next week here or so, and uh, I, I'm hoping so. I, I'd like to see Lemieux. I'd like to see Lemieux continue to sit. Um, I don't think he fits on that line. I think Dano would fit as well, but I'd really like to see Patan get a chance. As long as they're not gonna just play him for four or five minutes a game, he needs a legit shot. Um, he needs he needs a chance to actually show that he can play. Yeah. I totally agree, and I think that I think that's going to happen. I think Vesselin, uh, you know, they say he can play up to nine games, but uh, I don't think he gets to the the nine games. I think he probably maybe five, six games in, he probably goes back to the Moose. I don't think he goes back overseas too. That's just my little prediction, but uh, it's here, it's recorded, so uh, I'm going to stand by it uh, based on no evidence whatsoever, except from just historically how Maurice has handled young players. You know what? If they're going to send him back before the 10 games is up, I'd rather them do it after four or five games that he goes to the Moose. Because let's say in a couple months from now, he's lighting it up in the A, and they bring him back just to try him out again. Maybe there's an injury. They slot him in, see how he's doing. If he pulls a Kyle Connor and starts lighting it up, then you keep him. If not, you send him back down and keep him under the tent still. Yeah, or if the Jets are also firmly in a playoff spot uh, and they want to rest some guys, you know, leading to the playoffs, maybe they got a spot locked up, then you get a chance for him to get a few more NHL games. So that's that's actually part of the reasoning why I think he doesn't play nine games. I, I mean, I don't. I think Shifley may have had that one one of his seasons where he actually played the nine, eight or nine games in a row and they sent him down. But typically, I don't know if these players always get to that whole nine-game or almost 10 game mark uh, before they, they get sent down. I could be wrong. I'm sure somebody will fact check uh, me on that, but uh, it seems a little bit more unusual. Uh, even Roslovic, I mean, he was able to come up uh, at the end of the season last year, or was it last year or two, two yeah. years ago? Yes. Um, uh, in yeah. garbage time there. So uh, obviously he had some games left before it counted against it. And again, I might be wrong. I'm uh, open to being corrected on this but all right let's move along uh, let's go to some lows so what were some things in the Jets games that were um, concerning to you or some low points I didn't have too many negatives one thing I really noticed is the power play unit they're being played for a good chunk of it I know in the first game of the season there was one power play where the top unit was out there for the full two minutes plus more. And it seemed like tonight they were out there for 90 seconds plus on uh, on a couple power plays. Now, this is a good power play, and they're going to score a lot of goals, but they seem 
to be very predictable right now. They did score with the backdoor play to Kyle Connor when he stole that one from Wheeler, but they seem to be covering Shifley in the slot very well. The cross ice pass to Line A just isn't there. Yeah. So right now you just have to work it down with uh, Connor and Wheeler, and those other guys aren't getting open. Again, it's not a huge negative because they are going to score a lot and be amongst the top power play units in the league. But teams are catching on, and they I don't think they will be as good as they were last year. Yeah. I would actually say uh, I was going to comment about the power play too, where, yeah, they were out a lot, but it seemed like they were pretty static too. It was a lot of uh, passing, just like the puck moving, but never players moving or switches or anything. It seemed that they were pretty much everybody go here and we'll just pass it around until – somebody has a clear shot. And like you say, predictable. I mean, there's a, a one power play in particular where it was like, okay, we're literally just trying to get it to line A. And it, because of, you know, I thought LA played it pretty well. He had to be a little bit out of his wheelhouse, like a little bit further out to, to kind of get that shot off. But by the time the puck got there, it was a bit of a sharp angle. It was, it was not a negligible shot. Obviously he's a elite scorer, but uh not really what they're they're trying to accomplish there. So I would like to see maybe a couple more switches or guys like trying to break down that defense and make them shrink a little bit um, as they try and like defend a player coming in at them and then pass something off. But uh, yeah, it seemed like you say they're they're good. That's going to be an elite power play unit, but uh, it's got to be a little bit more than than what it is to to accomplish that. Not just you know accomplish it just based on skill, but skill with doing skilled things, not just some nice passing around the outside, right? Yeah, there's there's a lot of scoring skill on this team. I think you keep these guys at a minute per power play. You put out another unit. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing players like Roslovic or Veselainen get a shot out there and pretend when he comes back. There's a lot of talent on this team. Spread it out. You don't have to put these guys out for 90 90 to 120 seconds per power play it's it's a lot the other teams are reading it and uh, back to the line a thing the cross ice uh, pass was gone so they'd put it up to bufflin and then bufflin would shovel it over well by that point the goalie only has to move over halfway instead of cross crease right so that shot has to be even more perfect than it normally is and i think that's why we're not going to score as many maybe this uh this year on the power play, but who knows? It's still early. They could still be getting their feet wet, right? Yeah. Learning how to pass around the puck. For sure. Yeah. And uh, that uh, kind of where you're talking about the power play and not getting that other unit out there as much would probably be my other negative was just, and we've already touched on it or I have, um, well, I think we both have just getting those other lines going a little bit more. That would be my one negative. I mean, we won the game. So, you know, we won the game. There's not much to argue with about that, but it'd be nice to see a couple of those other lines rolling, get a couple more of those young players kind of active. I mean, they're, they're, like you say, they're top skill players. There's a bunch of them. Let's get pro, you know, uh, best line in Pasovic, uh, Ehlers, right. Let's, let's see those players and even, you know, putting little in some, some spots to have some success, but it was really, just the TLC sign uh, line in the, the first line was, you know, they were out there, you know, 70% of the night. So we'd like to see uh, that. I mean, the defense, the defensive struggles were, were there as well, but I think Maurice is going to just keep guys together and just hope that that chemistry just builds and to the point where there's enough 
uh, built into the chemistry that they can maybe overcome some of the the lack of skill on the defensive end because there's certainly certainly a lack of it wasn't as bad as Dallas but um, I mean Myers and Morrow still didn't look great tonight Sherratt was maybe a little bit better but not a lot I mean there's still still quite a gap there between our first line and and what those guys besides Bufflin on the two three pair are doing so um, yeah. So the defense again continues to, to to struggle. Although I mean, like you like you mentioned, they gave up nine shots through two periods. But I, I you still see some of the mistakes being made. It's not always turning into scoring chances or shots. I mean, LA they can have a wide open net and decide not to shoot it too. So it's not just about the defense stopping things as much as the, the other team being a little bit more dangerous and and, and to. Uh, not their credit, but the LA, I thought they were pretty passive uh, at attacking the net. They didn't seem like they would really go at it too much. They, they seemed to settle for a bit of a pretty boring game uh, on their part. They weren't that dynamic, except for, I thought, Dowdy and, and again, Kovalchuk, I thought were both pretty dangerous and interesting, but everyone else was, I don't know, they were asleep. Well, the first star of the night was on the LA Kings, Jack Campbell. Yeah, was that, that was their goalie, right? Jack yeah. Jack first yeah, the, yeah, he only had, I think, he only had six six or eight games under his belt going into this. Yeah. He, and he made 37 saves yeah. on 39 thoughts. He he had a heck of a game, and he deserved that first star because he, uh, he looked like he belonged in there and that L.A. might have a chance while Quick is out week to week. Yeah. Well, the, I was going to say Campbell, he, he played well, uh, and I wouldn't take that away from him, but there's a couple times, I'm not sure if they showed up on TV or not, where he kind of like misplayed the puck or like ran into the net, or one time he tried to stop the puck behind the net and just like crashed into the boards like super clumsily, and I was like, who is this guy? Like the fans were getting on him a little bit there too, so even though he had a good game, there's some parts about him that look pretty pretty jittery still, so I think he's uh, quite a young goalie as well, so. Uh, he uh, he'll be fine. Um, I think LA is in good hands with him. Yeah, they they should be a good team this year. Um, well, you know what? We kind of gave some wishes as well there, and what we would like to see. So uh, we might have to tweak this format of some highs and lows and what other stuff we can add to it. We've been recording for a while, so I think that's good. Ryan, do you have any last uh, last thoughts about the the Jets game, or not so much? We are in the first wild card playoff spot. Sixty six percent. Win percentage, right? <laughs> well, 67 if you round up. Which we will. We'll be fine. Let's round it up to 69. Okay, Ryan, this is fun. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for taking the time to do this. We'll get a couple more of these people uh, on, on here next time, and uh, we'll talk to you after the next game. Thanks, AJ. No Take care. Take care, everybody. Bye.